That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone. It's Craig Wessels from a yank on the footy, and it is 8 o'clock on the east coast of the United States and 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning, the 3rd of May in Melbourne. And we are here live to talk about the greatest game on the planet, Australian rules football. And uh, before I dive in, uh, hopefully I'm going to have a few people stopping by. Uh, I have a couple of people who are in the waiting room right now, and I'll bring them in here in just a moment. Um, but uh, I wanted to recap a couple of things before we get too far uh, along tonight. Um, first off, I uh, I wanted to to thank uh, a friend for an email that I received uh, this afternoon. Uh, it's an American footy fan who uh, reached out to me about uh, the most recent interview that I'd come out with uh, with uh, Dr. Tim Alfred, and uh, it was a short email. And if you haven't listened to episode 257, I encourage you to check it out because we got into a rather, I don't know if say delicate topic would be the right thing to use, but it was one that uh, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to uh, was going to to work in our discussion. And I think it went pretty well. Uh, you know, I have some some kind of close up uh, knowledge and understanding of, of this a little bit Uh but he said, I was impressed with the episode. Uh, you approached a very political subject, and you and the good doctor did well. Keep it up. And uh, this is, again, this is an American footy fan, and uh, I appreciate you reaching out. I did shoot you an email back as well. Um, I also wanted to give a big shout-out. Uh, I've had my store page on Redbubble up for the last two and a half years or so, and I sold my third shirt this weekend. So... Sold quite a few stickers, many of them to myself, but I've had quite a few people that have bought stickers as well. But uh, I sold my third shirt. Uh, I had a couple students buy the water bottles on there last year, and I made sure when I heard them mentioning that they were doing that, I said it, and I and I meant it when I was telling them in class. You know, we had some downtime. They were ordering these during school, and I'm telling you, you know, them loud enough so the rest of their classmates can hear me telling them to not spend their money on this stuff because I didn't want their parents to think I was putting any kind of pressure on them to get them to make this type of a purchase. And it turned out to, to be the case. And I, you know, I met one of the sets of parents a few months later and I told them the story and they were like, no, no, no we, we knew about it. We were good with that. So, um, so yeah, I, I sold my third shirt. So, uh, if you want to be number four, Hey, they're there ready for you. They'll print them up for you fresh. Now, I, I do have one other thing I wanted to uh, to mention before we dive into things, and I wanted to get into this into this ahead of time. Also, I want to pass my uh, condolences on to Donnie Hess and his spouse. Uh, Donnie's from Donnie's Disposals. He's also the coach of the Des Moines Roosters in the USAFL. Uh, you know, Donnie uh, and his family lost their beloved pup Ella to cancer uh, yesterday. Donnie, I'm very very sorry about that. I know that uh, you know. It's it's a tough thing. Um, I have a soon-to-be 15-year-old Wheaton Terrier who I love dearly. I, I can honestly say she is my best friend. Um, she's getting more lumpy by the day. Uh, they're little fatty deposits. She just had a vet's appointment last week, and they said other than her lumps and her losing some hearing, she's in pretty darn good health for somebody who's 
as old as she is and she actually gained a couple of pounds since the last time she'd been there so they said if she's that old and she's gaining weight that's a good thing but again donnie i want to pass my condolences along to you very cute little lady there that you lost and uh you know you're going to miss her but you're going to remember her but you gave her an awesome lifetime you gave her an awesome life so wanted to get in today to talk about a couple of the games from this past week and uh I'm going to go ahead and bring the uh, the guests in. I've got uh, Ben Castle from Americans Watching the Footy and a uh, friend of the podcast and also another friend of the podcast. In fact, the first person that I ever spoke to about doing this podcast, and he didn't say, hey, you're crazy. Uh, you shouldn't even consider doing this. So um, Rick Shabani uh, from the Los Angeles area, and, I, and I'm I'm eternally grateful to to Rick for that because uh, he, you know, he's he he was somebody that uh, that went ahead and uh, you know said, hey, you can probably do this, and maybe I'm starting to figure that out now. So I'm going to go ahead and bring both of them in now. So uh, Ben and uh, Rick, you're going to be you're with me now. Uh, I know Ben, you're driving right now, so you may be hopping on, or you might be just be listening at this point in time, um, but. Uh, Guys, I'm I'm thrilled you can uh, you can stop by. You know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you know some of the the games of this weekend, and of course there is some huge news. There's a lot of huge news this week in footy. So, Ben, how are you doing there, sir? Not sure. Taylor, you... I'm actually dri- I'm driving right now still, so I'm just going to get off the audio. I probably sound a mess. I just want to get home quickly, well, and then I'll join in full. Well, you know, you actually sound pretty good because last week when we did the uh, live episode, I didn't realize until after we were finished that I had not plugged my microphone in. So I recorded on the uh, the little mic that's attached to my laptop. So I sounded like a I was in a fishbowl last week, but uh, that's the first thing I did today because I always unplug when I get ready to go editing on uh, – GarageBand, because GarageBand does not like to let the sound come through when the mic is plugged in for some reason. I've not figured out why that's not the case. But uh, yeah, so no, you sound all right. So I mean, if you want to stay on, by all means, I, you know, you can tell us how the, you know, you guys are both in California. So you can tell us all about the traffic out there. Um, Give us kind of the traffic. Are you anywhere near the I-5? No, nowhere near. Um, I-5, that uh, you connect to that sort of by a by Fairfield. No, I'm heading back. I just got off the Bay Bridge, so I'm back on the peninsula now, taking uh, 101 southbound home. Um, just kind of typical rush hour traffic. Nothing huge to report there. Okay. Okay. So, um, and I just had uh, Alex Spitzer, who I've not met before. He reached out to me today. I'm going to bring Alex on as well here. So, before I do that, though, Rick, how are you doing fine, sir? Not sure if Rick has his mic on or not right now, but uh, Rick is a GWS supporter, uh, and I know he he is going to be over the moon when he comes on here in just a second and has his mic up and running. So, um, you know, we had a couple great games this weekend and uh, a couple clunkers, quite frankly, uh, that were just, you know, not good for much other than uh, adding percentage on for a couple of clubs. Um, Unfortunately, two of those worst ones were at the same time on Saturday night. Yes, and yes. I, I, I mean, that was pretty critical of the scheduling of this round. Firstly, those local derbies, 
especially the ones out of Victoria, deserve their own time slot. And so I would have loved to have seen Sydney Derby maybe get that mid-Saturday slot to itself, either that or even be the Friday night game. Right, right. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, I did like what, uh, you know, the comments that the the incoming um, CEO had with regards to Thursday night football. You know, is it going to become a permanent fixture? He said they're working on that in the CBA. Uh, you know, cause I, I, I love having the Thursday night games because that gives me, you know, for selfish reasons for me in the morning at school, I get, you know, I get to come in in the morning and I've got two hours to watch a game in my classroom before the school day begins. So works out pretty well also, that way. Also, when you bring in teams 19 and 20 in all likelihood, cause I can't imagine them staying at 19, you're going to need to find another window to avoid all those overlaps. If you're wanting more teams to get proper exposure, especially at prime time so i really think we are going to see thursday night footy become a fixture sooner yeah. or later yeah i'm not sure if i'm really keen on them adopting the nfl model where they have monday night thursday night you know sunday again you have what you have more teams you're gonna have more overlap on sundays but you know i i, I think you know clubs are gonna need you know a little bit more rest than, than they might be getting with, with the NFL model there. So, yeah. What I see is the typical, what I see is the typical schedule coming up is one Thursday, one Friday, four Saturday, three Sunday. Yep. Yep. So that's, that, that's nine. We get that sometimes now. So I guess maybe we get, get five Saturday or maybe a, maybe like a, some double Friday where we have one of the games out West. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm going to go ahead and bring in uh, Alex Spitzer, who has uh, is in the waiting room right now. And like like I mentioned, I've not met Alex before. So, uh, Alex, how are you, sir? I, I see you are hopping on the audio right now. It's great to meet you, sir. And he's connecting to audio there. Hello, Alex. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you? I am fantastic. Fantastic. Great to meet you. Same here. Yeah. So tell us, where are you, sir, if I may ask? I'm outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, so you're okay. So you're okay. So we are all Americans here talking about this. And uh, is this the uh, is this the 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 uh, the Mason Cox uh, boomerang effect here happening? Or have you been a longtime footy fan? I've liked it when I was younger and then kind of got back into it. I've been kind of following with the Rome Redbacks up in okay. Northwest Georgia. Oh, with oh, with with Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, he must do grass. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've met him a few times. He's nice. Yes. Good guy. Uh, I'm, I'm Rick. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Alex. Uh, nice to, nice welcome to, to the welcome to the chat. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself earlier. I've been uh, running around a little bit, but thanks again to Craig for hosting, and I'm stoked to talk more footy. And hello well, to Ben as well. So yeah, and yeah. and Rick. Rick, we're going to have to talk about, uh, you know, your your line of work. You know, um, what is going to and yeah, you know, what is going to happen with the 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 prospects of this writer strike coming on? Ooh, yeah, yeah, we can uh, definitely <laughs> talk about that later. It's, yeah, uh, okay, interesting. So. Okay, yes, I mean that's uh, you know, are we going to get a whole another round of uh, <laughs> of reality television programming coming again? You know, as a result of that. <laughs> uh, 
we gonna see like a like a weird Big Brother winter season again, like they did that one time? Oh, geez, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's... I am much more of a Survivor fan than Big Brother. I'll put that out there immediately. No. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I, my my wife is a fan of all of those. I'll I uh I just I just think maybe they could they could. Uh, they could just go ahead and have a channel instead of playing Shawshank 24 hours a day. They could show the film Trumbo 24 hours a day, which hey, uh, if you know what that was, wrong with Brian Cranston. Well, He's if you know, if you know what that film's about, you know, that, that would definitely fit into this situation here as well. So, um, yeah, would. yeah. so Alex, uh, what club do you support, sir? It's been fun. You mean in Australia or you yeah, mean here yeah. in the US? Well, e well, either. I mean, I, yeah, I guess we'll find out if you're a, uh, if you're a, uh, a a Georgia fan or a Tech fan, uh, or who do you support in the AFL? AFL, I've I've always liked Perth, so I kind of lean towards um, West Coast, but I've also kind of liked Collinwood a little bit too. Okay, and learning more about you know what the American guys done there too, you know. Well, and that actually, uh, you know, Collingwood is an easy club to like this year because they are you know they they are just absolutely playing you know close to the edge and and they're and they're getting it done but you know that's just it's a uh yeah. it's a fun brand of 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 football that they're playing and in some ways yeah you know maybe i'm wrong here but they they seem to be reminding me a little bit of what you know what the cats were doing last year where the cats just instead of playing you know just you know dink and dunk and try to move the ball up the field slowly they're just you know, they're just putting it out there and they're going fast and and it's it's working out for them and it might be the way that the game goes forward into the future here so i do I, have I mean, go ahead rick i don't know craig i mean i think you're already wrong because there's nothing you know nothing to like about calling but uh, well you know i i um uh, yeah but but i yeah. you know I, Again, no, I, you know, no. I'm one of those people. You know, I I think you know the four of us here, and I have somebody who's going to be coming in in just a second. Uh, Orville Gibson is getting ready to hop on from up in uh, up in Queensland. Um, in Orville, I yeah, you know, I I talk to Orville several times a week. I I consider him a dear friend. Uh, you know, he's a cat supporter, but uh, I I had to make a Collingwood joke. No, uh, no, no, I get it, I get it. I mean, I, hey. I I don't I don't know if you I don't know if you you caught my you know the the preview episode this past week where I I kind of went after the Richmond supporters a little bit. Um, you did, you did. Yes, that I mean I good. I brought in some nice little sound effects there, so I had to go searching for those. But I'm going to go ahead and bring Orville in here right now because I know he's up early this morning, so he should be hopping on here in just a moment. Uh, there is Orville. Yeah. Okay, so let's see here. We get Orville hooked up to his audio here, and uh, okay. Well, so you know, you know, as Orville's connecting there, you know, Rick, we were talking about you know there were three fantastic games. I I, I mean, there were a couple of others as well, but there were three that just you know were awesome finishes, uh, and you know your club the giants were were certainly one of them um did were you able to watch that one live or did you watch that one uh kind of after the fact no i did watch it live it yeah. was the the sydney sydney derby right derby, right or the battle of the bridge or whatever we're calling it these days i yeah. mean 
it's it's such a close game every year it seems multiple times a year because of course we almost always get the the draw with the swans twice and yeah. sometimes in, in canberra too but uh this time it was uh it was just i mean toby green you know he's someone who who steps up in big games and he was someone who just really lit the fuse and you know what 24 points down three quarter times something like that it was a yeah. uh, magnificent push towards the end we knew both defenses both back lines were going to be underdone you know uh sam taylor's out for the giants everyone literally every sydney defender is is on one leg it seems like these yes days. yes like it's, it's, yeah and of course rampy getting getting the bad news for i think i think he's out for was he out for the rest of the season i i can't remember. last last i heard it was until after the uh after at least till the the the, the bye week yeah so yeah, that's, that's what I heard as well. That's, yeah. that's what I heard as well. So 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 Rampy's out. Uh, Patty McCartan still out. Uh, so heavy lifting for Jake Boyd pushing out of half back as well. I liked his game for the Swans yeah. and then having a, a huge error at the end that was really costly. Unlike the other big player for the Swans, Pete Laddams, who I thought had one of his mm. more complete games until he let Harry Himmelberg take that last uh Rowan and get it to Toby Green. Absolutely. It was um yeah, it there was there were definitely a bunch of moments where the, the Swans just weren't as hard at the contest as they were in the first half. The first half was just really exciting footy just cuz both teams were just so physical around the contest. Everyone was getting clean hands on the footy and just taking the game on. And I think, you know, but the Swans just kept, you know, first it was a two-goal gap, then three. Then the Giants get closer, but then you're thinking, oh, gee, here we go again. Swans are going to run away with it. But again, that final quarter surge was just sensational. And, um, you know, and, and again, I've, I've just, I've loved seeing Canelio. He, he's had a phenomenal season so far. Tom Green's been outstanding. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of guys who've really elevated their game. And I think Lockie Ash has finally found a home, uh, you know, across halfback. You know, last year we weren't really, uh, you know, playing him in that position much. And I think he's taken advantage of his opportunities for the most part. But, yeah, I mean, I th- you know, this is a, a good victory to build on. It's always great when you get the rivalry wins. Yeah. And, so, and I think um, yeah. I think I'm I think I'm going to be, you know, licking my chops the next few weeks, seeing if we can uh, <laughs> ride this momentum. Because yeah. uh, good to see you definitely oh, can tell that uh, you know people are getting around Kingsley that they're buying into his system and what he's preaching. So I think yeah. uh, you know I, I even going into the season I had the Giants. I was being realistic. I had them like eleventh or twelfth on the ladder. But you know they could surprise some people going forward. And you know if 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 we can stay reasonably healthy, I think you know. Uh, we'll 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 have a chance to really compete hard. So. Yep, yep. So Orville, how are you doing, fine, sir? Not sure if you can hear me or not. There. He's moving his moving his camera around a little bit there. But yeah, I yeah I, I I'm not often going to toot my own horn. But uh, how you doing, Orville? Not sure if he can hear me or not. I don't know if he has his. Uh, sound on or not there his sound may not be uh tuned up or not right now but um yeah i uh 
I, I was I was pleasantly surprised. First of all, you know, you mentioned Canelio, Rick, and I and I I wanted to ask you, you know, since you're on here, do you think that his game has been elevated because he no longer has the specter of the captaincy kind of weighing him down? <laughs> it's it's funny you ask that. I, I think to some extent that that might be a factor. You know, I I think um uh you know like it it definitely can be something that you know doesn't really uh fit everyone especially when we like the the three co-captains i'm like "Eh, are we do we really want it's just it just didn't strike me as the right call so i was just like i don't know but uh i think uh overall he's he's a better fit in kingsley's system i think he uh he's playing with more confidence and you know he's staying healthy and he has a clearly defined role. You know, I think a lot of times he was just trying to do too much. Uh-huh. And a lot of times that, you know, directly correlates to, you know, uh, being in a tough situation where you're losing winnable games. It's clear that, you know, Leon Cameron's on the way out. Uh, you know, like the, the team's not tanking, but at the same time, you know, that you're kind of in a semi rebuild mode, but I think, again, he's playing with more confidence. He knows what's being asked of him, and um, he can just focus on his footy and, uh, you know, uh, do his thing in the midfield. So I think, uh, you know, Coggs is having a sneaky good season, and I, I, if he keeps it up, he might be able to get back into uh, All-Australian contention. So. Yeah, yeah. It's been I, – I, I'm – yeah, I posted online. I said, you know, that even a, a blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while because I, I tipped that game with uh, GWS winning it by four with Toby. Gre- and I, I said in the in the preview that with Toby Green kicking the game winner with under a minute left in the game, well, I, I was off by three points. I, I was, I, I was shocked. I mean, it was a hell of a game, and it's it's one that you know you couple you take that game with the uh, Hollywood and Adelaide game. Um, and even, you know, you know, even you look at, you know, Port Adelaide and, and St. Kilda and even, you know, that Geelong and Essendon, you know, after Essendon, you know, you know, got knocked down twice in the first round, if you will, of the fight and then came back and battled back the rest of the way. I mean, that turned out to be a heck of a matchup as well. And, you know, know, the cats are going to actually get to see them again in Geelong, uh, later on in the year that I, 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 they're, they better hope they put a, a lead like that on them at the outset because Essendon made it really close at the end. So Orville, I'm not sure if we're getting any sound from you. I am getting your picture. Uh, but, uh, and he sent me a note on messenger, but I'm not sure if he's seeing anything on there. I can see him, but I don't think he has his sound turned on there. So Alex, which, which games were you able to watch this weekend? I was able to catch a few of them. I mean, parts of them. Okay. On WA, you know, to watch AFL. Mm-hmm. I saw the end of the one. I think it might have been the Sydney game. That's a, a surprise, you know. At the very end, I'm coming back and winning yeah. a great GWS. Yeah, yeah. It's it but was a yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's a nail biter because I I tipped for Sydney, so mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping they'd win just because of that reason mainly. But it was just kind of surprised of how they came back, and it was good. Yeah, I, I just it was. Again, other than those two games that that Ben mentioned as being the the clunkers in prime time, if you will, um, yeah. you know the uh, and you know all apologies to you know North Melbourne and, and uh, West Coast supporters there, uh, but yeah. 
they were, you know, both of those games were were ugly. And, you know, Carlton built back all that percentage that they had lost. That is gone now because they're well back over 100% now. They added, gosh, what was it that they added? They added a huge amount of percentage on the, because uh, they were at like 92 percentage points last week. Uh, and they're up to 100, over 113. So they added 21 percentage points on just in that win. Um, I was going to say something week. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's a dramatic improvement. They need oh yeah, that. oh yeah. Um, yeah, it's and it helps when uh, when Kerno kicks nine goals. You know that, that yeah. that's definitely a great percentage booster. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Charlie, well, Charlie probably could have kicked even more had he wanted to. The Blues were pretty unselfish throughout that game. I really think had he wanted to put the hurt on, he could have. Uh, gotten close to that 21st century record of 13 that Bud put on a number of years ago out in uh, on Tasmania. But I think one Adam coach can learn a lot from another this week because the Eagles have done that thing for a while, switching the ball to the, to the other side of the oval in the defensive 50. It's so predictable how they want to move out. It hasn't worked for years. Adam Simpson Take note of what Adam Kingsley is doing because the Giants were reversing the ball in defense and all over the oval, actually, but it was less predictable. And they were still, you know, looking for, they weren't looking for these, you know, completely across the oval options all the time. They were smart about their, their pass selection, their kick selection. And that's a really good blueprint, blueprint for them going forward because it's not something that is super easy to, to defend against. And I like what Toby Green was doing um, further up the ground. He had 11 score involvement in this game, I believe. And so that meant he was doing a lot of work, you know, off those center bounces, pushing from midfield to half forward. But it was, he was, the Giants have to be thanking Nick Blakey for getting the ball out of bounds at that final minute to allow <laughs> Toby to get forward. And this is one of the times where Dermot Brereton was right on the broadcast. It's rare, folks. Let it soak in. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, again, it was it was also just Laddams not even going up in the rock contest against Himmelberg. I mean, yeah, you could maybe make the argument that you know Himmelberg drops the footy, or you know you could have maybe gone for the ball there. But it's like when you don't even contest the rock contest, and either way, Himmelberg has Toby Green in his peripherals, and he's just gonna dish it out and pick the banana, like you know. I've the, seen I've seen, do these, I've seen Laddams do those sorts of things, you know, in those rock contests where he didn't go up and then immediately put on a tackle, try to jar the ball out, but that wasn't the time for it. Yeah, and now they've got um, I, I don't when I don't know when Hickey's coming back, but he he should be back in the rock for the Swannies in uh in a few weeks, I think. So um, yeah, yeah I, I saw where he said he was close. Uh, yeah. One other note, Rick. One other note, one reason why I like the Giants' chances late into this game, despite the fact that they had to come back. You know, once they got it to within a couple goals, um, Ethan actually uh, asked Swamp about this uh, on Twitter. So the Giants' last four margins of victory in the Sydney Derby and their last four wins have, by, have been by a total of six points. Two, yeah. two, one, and one. Meanwhile, the Swans' margin of victory um their average margin of victory in their last four city derby wins is 40 and i think their closest ever is like 13 and so oh. the odds in a close sydney derby are going to be with the giants oh yeah 
and I think it's um no, it's 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 a testament to uh to how intense such a young ri- rivalry has gotten. You know, it's it's basically the youngest rivalry in the AFL right now, and uh, it's it's been you know it, it's always been entertaining, regardless of who's hosting it. So you know. I, I do like uh, I do like the Giants' chances this weekend in Canberra. You know, I know the doggies have been on a hot streak. You know, it's I feel like as the bond goes, they go. So, mm-hmm. yep. um, but we have a good record in Canberra as of late, and I think um, that's another rivalry. It's it's not <laughs> not as well publicized as plenty of the other ones, but it's always spicy when the Giants and the doggies get together. So I think. Uh, there's going to be some interesting uh, selections in terms of who's, uh, you know, where the magnets are going to be spun, as they right, say. Right, right. Well, and I'm looking Bonapelli at the... Was... Go ahead. Bonapelli was tagged this past week by Connor Nash, who limited him uh, a decent amount. And also with Libertore out, that meant even more of the focus was on that matchup. But Libba should be back from his concussion. And so... Uh, are you looking at maybe Ash returning to more of that tagging role that we've seen him play in the past couple of years, Rick, and have him matched up with Bottom Pelly? Uh, I, I'd be open to it. You know, like uh, I, I think it's it's you know it's always going to be a a challenge because like they're going to be expecting him to be tagged. But I think uh, you know I think we can get creative, and you know our our defensive structure wasn't always great against the Swans, but we got the job done and. Uh, you know, overall, I thought, you know, guys like Iden and uh, Ash and, um, you know, Callum Brown, who, who's been in and out of the lineup, he's, he, he did pretty well. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the depth is still a concern. I'm still not <laughs> I'm still not wild about us being without Sam Taylor for a while there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, against the Doggies, you know, they're they, they've had inconsistent scoring themselves. So I think. Uh, it's going to be a close one this coming week. Surprised you didn't mention a rising star nominee, Finn Callahan, as part of that defensive group. Yeah, Callahan has has really impressed me as well. Um, I think uh, he he's probably further ahead than than most of the other draftees that we have. Call- this year, Callahan, but... Ryan Angwood as well as a defensive wing. Didn't hadn't really thought much of him, but looked pretty mature with the ball in hand for his third game. I was going to say, yeah, um, I, I, I'd heard really good things about him. It just it had taken him a while to really develop and get his fitness to AFL level. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I, and I also saw we re-signed uh, Jacob Ware. So uh, it, whenever he's back at senior level, I think uh, he's another guy who can make an impact down there. Because I, I think even with our struggles in the last, uh, again, tail end of the Cameron era, the last few years, you know, we, we still had some, you know, we still traded intelligently and got some high draft picks that have developed pretty well. And and the Giants Academy kids, I, I, I've liked the look of them as well. Lee Galeer, I he's always injured, it seems like. I can't wait to see more of him, but um, hopefully we can get him uh, fit and healthy again because he's a guy who's who's done really well in the VFL. It's just he hasn't really, and he was a high draft pick. He just hasn't really gotten that. Uh, big opportunity at AFL level much yet. So, well, you know, I was just looking at the uh, the injury lists, and uh, Tom Hickey is not on the injury list. He supposedly is back to full fitness, so we might see him this week. Mm. Um, but you know, it's uh, it is it, it 
it was it was a uh yeah i think we learned a little bit i think you know yeah port adelaide winning on the road i think was a a huge step against a quality side was a huge step forward because you know, i think the last time they were in melbourne um collingwood thumped them by what was it 71 points i think something like that um but you know there's you know away from the games themselves and and orville still is trying to get online but uh I wanted to kind of touch base on uh, some of the other news that has happened in, in the last, you know, 24 to you know, 48 hours. You know, you've got, uh, um, you know, Andrew Dillon is the new is going to be the new AFL CEO coming up in October. Um, and I, you know, Rick, you having, uh, you know, played there for a year with Caroline Springs um, and Alex, I don't know if you get the chance, if you've had the chance to watch any local footy or follow any of that at all you know the the incoming ceo said that uh community footy is going to be his focus and i and i i think that you know hopefully that's not just you know a talking point that's going to fall off by the wayside because i truly think that 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 needs to be the focus because there's so much competition for athletes now with with other you know competitions whether it be soccer or basketball or, you know, if rugby is making a resurgence or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but are are you happy with the uh, the Dylan um, ascension to this position? I mean, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. I think it'd be good with the community, you know, to build, build more community and everything like that. That's, okay. that's what Rome is doing here in Georgia, and I know. I heard that Wayne's wanted to try to start another one, another team nearby, which is actually closer to where I live. So huh. that'd be nice to see too. Wow, that that is uh because this this would be his third club that he'd been involved with then, right? Yeah. He'd, yeah. Because he was with the what the Atlanta club and then he went on to Rome. Yes. Yeah. Is there is there club. a uh is there an you know, well there's an Athens uh Georgia as well? Maybe he's gonna you know he's gonna have like the European tour. Across, <laughs> across, across the state of Georgia. Augusta, I don't know about Athens. Yeah, well, but... no, I, I, I lived, uh, I lived in Augusta for a few years when I was married to my first wife. So, uh, yeah, yeah I don't talk about Augusta. Well, I joke about <laughs> Augusta because uh, I, I tell people, I said, you know, that you know, as far as my first wife, I said they've all, they've all seen her. A house fell on her, legs rolled up. Dorothy got her shoes. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, they, everybody's seen my first wife. Um. But you know, I I I think he was saying the right things because you know, you know, local footy and 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 I wish he had mentioned country footy a little bit, you know, because he said community footy, which I, maybe that is like an umbrella statement that he's making there. But they, those those clubs took an absolute beating during COVID, and yeah. it, and I know there have been several that have not been able to reconstitute themselves, and I saw that there was one. And it was a big club, if I'm not mistaken, down in Tasmania. I think it was a club oh. in Hobart that that announced this year that they were not going to be fielding a a team this year. Um, and if you're getting ready to put a new club in that state, then I think if nothing else, you need to do absolutely every friggin' thing that you can do to get mm. local footy absolutely sprinting forwards in Tasmania, so you have a a, a talent pool to draw from for this club because, you know, there are so many people who are saying, well, you know, who, you know, who may not say out loud what James Sicily said out loud uh, that, uh, 
may not want to go to Tasmania. I find it interesting that Sicily would be the one to to say those sorts of things when, you know, his clubs literally got Tasmania on their jumpers. Right, right. <laughs> and also, um, I remember following that story, uh, I think it might have been Glenorchy, which is a very storied club there in Tasmania. I think they were able to barely field a team to start the season, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I um I, I think um uh, I think you know Dylan you're right you know Dylan is saying the right things when it comes to you know there there's a sense uh you know not, not to paint too broad of a broad of a brushstroke but there's definitely a sense among a lot of Australians that like you know the AFL's too get, becoming too corporatized it's becoming you know uh, too much of a spectacle and it's losing kind of the grassroots appeal that you know. You mean, it's, be- you mean it's becoming the NFL? <laughs> oh, no. There we go. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But um, I think it's, uh, you know, like community footy and the grassroots element of the game is something that a lot of people feel is missing. And uh-huh. I feel like part of it is just like nostalgia fueled, but all, part of it is, you know, definitely legitimate in terms of like, oh, you know, we, we haven't, you know, COVID or no COVID, we haven't, you know, we've neglected the game at the local level for too long. Again, you know, uh, the the shortage of umpires in a lot of leagues, you know, a lot of women's clubs not doing as well as they were just because of like, you know, not, a, not enough funding to go around, facilities not getting the upgrades they need, you know, it, it's tough. And I think, um, you know, the AFL, uh, you know, recommitting to like funding uh, football at the community level is, is a great thing to, to do and not just to pay lip service to, but yeah, you know, tying it into the Tassie thing, like that's a real challenge. I think it's yeah. two points. The biggest challenges that Andrew Dillon is facing on day one of the job, I guess this is day two, but you know, <laughs> uh, he's got, again, yeah, engaging at the community level for footy, making sure that, you know, uh, it, there's good vibes and there's people who know what they are doing and there's minimal drama, you know, easier said than done sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, and and also just part two is is making sure Tazzy is done the right way because yeah, you know James Sicily caused a stir, but there were plenty of people who agreed with him, and I think um, you know it's not going to be all peaches and cream just to bring Footy to Tazzy, even though it sounds so great on paper. It sounds right, right. Uh, you know they they love Footy down there. They they've been out of the out of the main league for a while, and they they definitely you know have have a chance to give it a crack, but it's just a question of, can they do it the right way? And, you know, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch it unfold. Now that we have it basically in writing that we're going to have a Tassie team for number 19. So yeah, it'll be an interesting transition. Well, and you know, the, the interesting thing is that, uh, you know, we have, um, yeah, we have four Americans, um, five, including me, I guess, uh, you know, sitting here um, talking about this game 15,000 miles away or, yeah, 15,000 kilometers away um, that uh, that that we all love. And one of the things that we've always talked that, that we, I think, you know, we all talk about is how do we get more interest in the game here? And it's something that I've, you know, I've always said is that we get that 1% of Americans interested in the game. That's 10% of Australia's population. If those people are, you know, getting you know, memberships, you know, buying the watch AFL app, buying gear, that sort of thing. It could pump so much money into this competition, which they could then turn around 
and use it to invest in growing the game in Tasmania, in growing the game in Queensland and New South Wales, yeah, because they're redoubling their efforts right now. And this is going to lead into the the second thing that, uh, and I, it, to me, it was a little controversial. But again, Rick, this is kind of right in your wheelhouse here in a moment. But, uh, um, you know, you know, Eddie McGuire's comment the other day where he was discussing what you know, the, basically make, making the statement that GWS and Gold Coast should not come play games in Melbourne unless they're in the finals that they should play, you know, that GWS should play only in Sydney and in Canberra and that Gold Coast should play in the Gold Coast, Alice Springs, Darwin. It sounded like he was mentioning Townsville and Cairns and that sort of thing to help grow the, the base of that club and give that club, a those two clubs, a foothold because neither one of them are drawing huge amounts of attendance consistently. Again, you know, if the Giants are winning, people are showing up, but, you know, they'll show up for the, the Derby and such, but they're still struggling to put, you know, they're getting more people in Canberra than they are in GWS. So I know a lot of people thought that, you know, that, that McGuire's comment was, was really off base and and I'm thinking about it. I'm, and I thought it was a little bit too, but it kind of made sense in a way that it might, you know, maybe this helps to get the, those clubs having that foothold. If they can bring, you know, each year, you know, a, you know, Collingwood and Essendon and Richmond and you know um North and you know the other you know the Geelong up there to play year in and year out that it's going to help to grow the game there if they're getting to see those big clubs and maybe they're going to you know become more directly connected with their local club I don't know I kind of when I first heard it I thought this is kind of crazy and the more I thought about it I said, maybe it's not the dumbest idea I've ever heard well, I mean, to be fair, Eddie McGuire's had a handful of dumb ideas over well, the years. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, we, we all have. I mean, we've already talked about my first wife here tonight. I, I mean, I think that um, <laughs> there's definitely, um, I, I mean, like in terms of having games in Cairns or Townsville or, or, or smaller cities where uh, the AFL wants to gain a foothold, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, that's been done already. And yeah, yeah. I know Gold Coast has, um, you know, they have the partnership up in. Uh, they're playing a game a year in Darwin now. Right, you know? right. They're so, actually playing two. Yeah, uh, that's correct. Yeah, they um, got the they got the dogs and the crows up there this year. They drew well for that. They played really well in uh, both of those last year, and it was fitting that a couple of those academy guys from the north showed up there. Uh, Mal Rosas and Joel Jeffrey had both, some of their best games from, of the year there. Yeah, both from Darwin and and Jeffrey's dad played uh, a few years in the AFL as well. Um, but no, yeah, I think um, and I, I've been to TIO Stadium. That's a really nice stadium for such a small city. So mm -hmm. shout out to uh, the 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 boys up in Darwin. But um, but no, I think uh, you know, like oh, like these teams can't come to Victoria. That's the ludicrous part of the argument. It's like you know, like okay, then like. <laughs> like what are we going to go back to like the closed borders during covid and like perth stays in <laughs> and just plays just plays the western derby like no get out of here it's it's one of those things where like that's that's why no one takes eddie mcguire seriously because mm -hmm. he makes a headline it's like oh like the the expansion team shouldn't uh play road games in victoria it's like well the 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 fixture is already victorian bias just by sheer math so it's like 
everyone is going to play a ton of games in Victoria. So it's right, like, right. how would you skew an already skewed uh, schedule? So it was like, and then you, you're like, oh, this parts of this kind of makes sense in an Eddie McGuire kind of way. But then you're like, oh yeah, but like he just had to, <laughs> he just had to go through all this word vomit in order to make a an actual point. So it's like. Oh, okay, great. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, again, playing games in smaller cities and trying to get a toehold in bigger markets is a great idea. But it's yeah. like, you know, you just have to do it the right way. Yeah. And the other fact, thing, I ahead. just remembered, I just remembered the, um, he's talking about border closures. It's fitting that you're talking about that as a, as a Giants fan. I'm not sure if you remember the banner that the Giants put up last year in Perth. Giants are in town, tough and hard-nosed. Rio will be wishing the border stayed closed. Doctors are really <laughs> wishing that right now. Oh, I mean, like, I, I, I forget who it was, but someone was saying that, um, I mean, like, there, there have been quite a few disappointing teams so far in the AFL season. It's, it's been kind of shocking, but I think, you know, you'd be remiss if you didn't uh, pick the two Perth teams as, as the biggest disappointment so far. It's just mm. been. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's something about it this year. It's just it's a bad omen. Like they just are not rising to the occasion. Alex Pierce, if he were, even said this on on our episode that we just uploaded uh yesterday, our uh, round seven recap. Alex Pierce, if he were in, if he were a Victorian captain, if Rio were a, a Victorian team, he would be catching even more heat than Patrick Dangerfield was in the first few rounds of the season for his performance or lack thereof as captain. You were talking about how some players, the captaincy really fits them. I was surprised at how well it's fitting Toby Green, but Pierce has seemed a step off all year. Well, I mean, I think I think you could safely say that, you know, Fremantle as a club has been off a step the entire year. I mean, they've been, as you, somebody just mentioned, they, they, I think they would probably be the biggest disappointment in the comp right now because people had high expectations for them, you know, bringing Luke Jackson in and this was going to be a club that was ready to move up from what were they sixth or seventh last year into possibly contending for a top four spot. And uh, they were, I fifth. don't think, I don't, yeah, I don't think they're playing finals this year. I yeah. thought I knew it was going to be a, a bit of a backslide for them this year. Quite honestly, you look at uh, who they were losing in terms of, uh, well, David Mundy was retiring. Blake Akers had done loads for them on the wing and, while you can have Nathan O'Driscoll maybe making up that role soon, Acres getting away for such a low price is something that I still can't quite comprehend. The league did catch up to their play style a little bit, but Frio have reneged on that style as well. And I'm just left questioning most things about that club right now, though admittedly as an Eagles member, I'm kind of in a glass house throwing stones. <laughs> Uh, well yeah yeah so well um alex do you can you commiserate with him that on on being an eagle supporter and finding yourself in that position as well yeah it has been kind of sad watching that what have you found any have you found any glimmers of hope have you found any positives that you've been able to take away from games and and say okay i like what i'm seeing with this right here right now to be honest, I followed it, but I have not followed it deep enough to know it. And where I'm at right now, this is my, really my first season following deeply into the AFL, too. Okay. 
So a lot of it's still new to me also. So okay. that's where I'm coming from. So, you know, so, so if I don't answer. So no, that's okay. So what, you know, you said you'd watched it a long time ago. What, appe what appealed to you to bring you bring, you know, cause this, cause you are, you are the, you know, the kind of person that, you know, that, that, that folks like, you know, Ben and Rick and myself and Orville, if Orville ever gets his uh, technology uh, things yeah. figured out. I'm, I'm watching Orville on the screen, poking at his screen, but nothing, and I'm texting him that. also on my phone and nothing is showing up yet, but yeah. you know, you're, you're the, per, you're the kind of person that we're hoping, you know, checks out the game and becomes interested in it because it is, it's an awesome sport and it's, you know, it, it's something that I think, you know, yeah, that I and I I've advocated and I think you know Ben has done this and Rick as well that you know that you know if you're if you're an NFL fan or a college football fan uh, or even maybe a hockey fan that you're probably going to enjoy you know the AFL or footy in general because you know there are so many things that that correlate between those sports and this. Yeah, one. they do. They do. I mean, there's similarities. I've kind of gotten burned out of NFL, so I was just trying to find something else to watch or something different. Uh-huh. And then I just right, that's came around to watching AFL and it's like, okay, I'm gonna make an effort this season to actually watch it instead of just trying to catch it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. And it's it is uh and for those and of you who and, and also, with the, also oh, with the locals around too and trying to make a connection and actually go watch it in person too. Oh yeah, with 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 Wayne's group with Yeah, with Wayne's group, yeah. 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 In fact, I have a uh, I have a a Rome Redback sticker on my desk in my classroom. So, cool. yeah, I met I met Wayne two years ago in uh, Columbus, Ohio. He had driven up for a like a little regional tournament, and there were I think four teams that were playing there. And I and I sat I sat and talked with him for about three hours. And I, and I wish I had. I had my recording equipment with me and I didn't even think to turn it on there because it would have oh, been, man, yeah. it would have been a great discussion. Although there were a few things that, that were said that I'm sure he would not have wanted to be public, <laughs> um, so. which, which I will, which, which were not necessarily AFL related. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Kraz uh, <laughs> no, is a good bloke. Uh, yes, he is. Him. Yes, he is. I'm just getting to know him. So he's, a new person I'm getting to know, you know. Mm -hmm. well, I've known him for years. He, he and and I've, I've, asked him, I've asked him about trying, if there's ways I can try to help out with Rome, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gonna... No, that's great. Yeah, I've, so. I've known I've known him for a while. We did a podcast of our own for a while. Um, he does great work with just growing the footy community at the grassroots level in Georgia, in yeah. Alabama, Tennessee, all those places. It's been awesome to see. Forty-five thousand. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to know him. I actually need to place a couple of uh, I need to order a couple things off of his website as well. I did see a couple of shirts that I need to pick up because I've been, and I and I think that you know, I'm gonna really piss off some you know diehard supporters right now because it's a discussion that I have I've had with people before and they said yo you can't do that, um, but I have been you know. I've had, you know, two um, local footy clubs that have been generous. Well, one the club did and one that uh, a gentleman by the name of Peter Lausch did uh, that sent me a polo shirt from their particular clubs. And I actually have a third one that's on the way right now. Um, you know, so, I mean, it's it's like, you know, 60% of a work week's worth of uh, clothes to wear to, to school. 
you know, to promote the game. So I, I've, I have, you know, said that, you know, you see, you know, you see people that, you know, will, you know, will walk around town, you know, and on, you know, uh, one day they'll have a Kobe Bryant, you know, Jersey on and, uh, you know, Jersey on. And then the next day, a LeBron James, and then the next day, a Tim Duncan or a, uh, Giannis, whatever. And they're, and they have all these different ones here and, you know, they're, they're kind of showing who they like, who they're promoting in the game. And I said, well, if I'm here in America and I'm trying to get people to, to notice the game and ask questions and such, you know, what, what is the, what's the, the harm in, uh, in, you know, wearing, you know, the, 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 like a polo of one of the other clubs to, uh, you know, to kind of promote the game. And, and a few people kind of understood where I was coming from. And there were a couple of purists that, you know, were ready to call it an exorcist for me for having made that kind of a, 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 a comment. But I actually did order one uh, that'll be here the end of this week for uh, a different club. Uh, and I have, and I've, I have several that I'm looking at on eBay, you know, and I keep waiting for them to, you know, send me an offer to reduce the cost of shipping them here or selling them. The shipping is of course the cost prohibitive part, but I just, I figure, you know, if I'm going to try to promote the game, if I can, if I can wear, you know, a, a polo from, you know, club A, club G, club Q, whatever the case may be, you know, every single day, it's going to get people asking questions about it. Doesn't mean that I don't, uh, doesn't mean that I don't love my club. It means I'm just trying to promote the game in general. I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was actually wearing a West Coast polo shirt. It's a little bit tight on me because I am a big guy, unfortunately. And Australian shirts are a little bit smaller, I found out. Yes, they but are. They're about a size smaller. Yes. Yeah, I noticed. And then, unfortunately, pretty big. So um, just to wear comfortable shirts. But I was up in Chattanooga and someone saw the shirt and they're like, what is West Coast? Is that West Georgia? And I said, no, it's West Coast Eagles and explained them, explained to them what, you know, some of Australian rules football, you know. But it caught his attention. Somebody yeah. out of the blue. Yeah. Well, before we dive back in here, uh, I believe uh, Orville has figured out his uh, tech issues because I see the muted microphone button on there. So, Mr. Gibson, sir, are you able to hear us now? And is he able to unmute? Pregnant pause. Um, he's going to unmute here in just a second. Yes, uh, he's going to do it. It's going to happen. He said he can hear us. So uh, Orville is, uh, I've had Orville on for a couple different episodes. I, I consider him a hero. And if uh, if you have not listened to the episodes that I did with Orville, and, and when I say a hero, I mean a genuine hero um, in terms of things that he's done during his his, his career, um, you know, having been in the, in the Australian military, um, mm. what he does during Anzac Day as well. Um, absolutely awesome. And, uh, there's also a, a great story in one, in one of the episodes that I had him on, we did like a three hour interview that I broke into two episodes. Um, shortly before world war two broke out, his great aunt attempted to assassinate Benito Mussolini and actually hmm. shot off the tip of his nose. Yeah. Well, that's something different. Yes, it is. Yeah. Is and different. It, yeah. Well, and there's actually a uh, there's a podcast that that's like it's called History Daily, and they actually did an episode on that about a month ago about his great aunt, um, having done that. 
for that day's episode. And I, I reached out to the, uh, the, the guy who hosted, cause I've listened to another one of his podcasts also, and I'll go ahead and plug it here. If you're a fan of the civil war, there's a great show that he does called 1865. It, it's a dra- It's a dr- dramatic one. I mean, I listen to a lot of, um, like old time classic radio from the 1950s and sixties and such, even the forties. But the, uh, a lot of these dramas that are being done as podcasts kind of recreate that type of thing. And this 1865 one is awesome. But this guy, I, I sent him the link to the episode and the, the time marker for it. And he was he was stunned that 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 I knew somebody that had done that. So, Orville, are you going to un, unmute yourself there, sir, so you can join us? Because uh, it's about nap time for you, isn't it? Yeah, I think he heard me there. He's chuckling a little bit right now. So... Okay, we're going to get him on in a second here. He's going to turn that mic on, and we're going to be able to hear him here in just a second. Not quite yet. Okay, so I'll do a little creative editing with this when we uh, when we get there. But again, folks, we're we're you know we're across the Pacific here, um, and uh, yeah, newer tech newer technology here as opposed to the uh, the Podbean app, which has been acting up for me lately. So, you know, you're getting back to the. Uh, um, you know, we we talked about you know the gold the Gold Coast and GWS idea. I don't know if it's such a you know if it's a great idea or not, but you know, you know, I because I don't think the league is ever going to admit that they made a mistake. I don't think that's ever going to happen um, with possibly GWS or with in terms of an economics aspect. I don't mean the clubs themselves. You know, I but you know they've struggled to keep these, you know, get these clubs established. And it's been, it's been over a decade now for both of them. Um, you know, rather than continuing to pump more money into the clubs, maybe this is a way to fix it. I don't, I don't know, but, you know, or maybe they just move one of them, maybe they move Gold Coast to Tasmania and that's going to be, you know, the, the 18th license just gets relocated. Who knows? But I don't think they want to throw the cards in on that. Can you hear me? Hey, Orville, yeah. how are you, sir? Yes. <laughs> at the end of my, I'm at the end of my string, Craig. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, well, you know, I I have been touting you and 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 telling them that I I I think you are an absolute hero. Um, and we're we're talking a little bit about your great aunt there before you came on as well, and. Uh, oh, the assassin. Know, yes. The failed yeah. assassin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just you know, there's some just some absolutely fantastic stories that you know that, that you've shared you know in terms of your family's involvement with with the history of australia and even world history because you know had she been more successful world history might have changed it might well have done craig yeah it might well have done it, yeah well, we, hitler, hitler wouldn't well the, the assassination attempt was in 1926 right and uh that was well before uh hitler got to power in germany so um he regarded Mussolini as an idol. Uh, it was he was one of his one of Hitler's idols, yeah. and uh, it it may well have led Hitler down a different path. He may have become a, a or something. Hmm. Um, no, 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 I know that's. Uh, um, but yeah, it was it was you know just a really great story. So what was your, the, the, yeah, I don't know if you heard us off air. We were talking about, you know, Eddie McGuire's comments about possibly having GWS and gold coast play all of their games away from Melbourne. Um, you know, I, did you happen to catch that story? 
No, I didn't catch that one. Okay. Craig. Yeah, because he. I've only just come on. I've, I've, I've had video since the since the telecast started, but I, I had, to, I didn't have audio, and I don't know what I've done. I've, I've kept pushing buttons until something well, worked. Well, <laughs> some somebody with hair came and worked on the machine because somebody had dark curly hair, and that ain't you. Uh no, that would be my son. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say he had to be doing it there. Yeah, so, um. You know, it's uh, I, I I just thought it was an interesting thing. But you know, a couple of other you know stories. You know, first of all, I think you know the folks at you know the Port Adelaide might be a little disappointed with Kazi Pickett signing on for four more years with the D's. Um, you know, I th I th I think they were hoping to get their own Isaac Rankin, uh, to join them for next year. I think um, I think Kazi Pickett could go and shop his his wares any with any club. They'd all be glad to have him, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd be happy if Geelong signed him up. Well, I, I, hopefully Tyson Stengel, you know, recovers a little bit and, uh, you know, gets himself, you know, healthy again and reestablishes yeah. what he did last year. I hope he's not going to turn into another Nakaya Cockatoo. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I had to bring that up. Didn't oh, I? yeah, you had to bring him up. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's a there's a couple uh, little injuries there with Brisbane. He might even get on the emergency list for this week. Yeah, I, I was going to I was going to mention that because um, I just saw on the injury list. Uh, shout out to Donnie for sending it to our little Twitter group. But yeah, uh, yeah I did. I did see Zorko and Daniel Rich. Yeah. Uh, probably going to be out for three weeks. Yeah, so, so he might get a game. Possibly. Might get a game. That'd, that'd yeah. be great to see. Yeah. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd be thrilled to see him back on the paddock. Yeah. So let me, the, the last thing I really wanted to get into today, and this is something that I saw Mitch Robinson post on Twitter yesterday. Um, you know, he was talking about, you know, with, with the, all the clubs that are having the, the significant amount of injuries that they're having right now. You know, about, and this has come up before, and I've heard it discussed before. the uh, The idea of of loaning players, you know, to other clubs to maybe fill out their lists if they're, you know, to get those players, you know, gain it. You know, it benefits, you know, their their home club in, in terms of them getting a game experience at the highest level. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's not something we see done here in the United States. In you know, generally speaking, in terms of you know, teams are not you know sending out. Uh, you know, somebody from their team to go play on the other side necessarily. But but it got me thinking about a little bit about what the NFL does with their practice squads. And I don't know if there would be a something like that that could work with the AFL where, you know, because, you know, the, it's different because there's not really a minor league. There's not a VFL or a sample or a waffle, um, you know, equivalent in the NFL, because if you're not playing, if you're not in, if you're not on the, the, uh, the list for that that particular round you're down there playing you know vfl waffle sample whatever the case may be but could they figure out some way to have a like a practice squad where if if a club like st kilda who was decimated with injuries or west coast who was decimated with injuries could go and sign a player off of the other team's practice squad to put them on their active list to fill us to fill a spot if, if it's somebody who's going to be let's say for example out for the entire season you know, somebody, you know, you know, honestly, I I don't think that the that the Saints are complaining too much, all things considered. Well, no, not you're right. You're they, right. Uh, absolutely right. Yes. Not only not only did they start five and two, but the last guy that they put 
on their list um, was Anthony Caminiti, who, before he got suspended, did some really nice things. I believe he scored uh, seven goals in his first five games, so that could end up being a, a really handy acquisition. But the point stands, you know, with the difficulty the Eagles have had in fielding is fielding a team, let alone a successful team. Yeah, they got Sam Petrovsky Seaton suspended for this week, so I mean, you could come, you could think about sort of a practice squad type thing like in the NFL or just the practice of loaning players like you have in soccer. I'm just not really sure what direction the league should go on this at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this might be a very outside the box uh, suggestion, but like, I mean, if we have, if we're, you know, going to have like a mid season draft and a mm-hmm. rookie draft, then why can't we have like, you know, obviously you'd have to limit it if they're, depending on like if there's a genuine need but what about like an emergency player top-up draft you know there's always going to be the you know, like the best vfl players the best waffle players who aren't already on a list like you know already on a, on frio's list but they're playing waffle because they're rookies or you know every, everyone's different but like right right uh because like you know you always hear these arguments about like you know oh you know there's already too many AFL listed players you know the the, the talent pool uh, is spread too thin um, you know, I I don't know there's no perfect solution well, like Chris Chris there, Scott said that last week he said there's too many players huh. on our on a list yeah yeah and so and you don't want you can't have sixty or seventy players on a VFL side you just can't so it's like. Yeah. So you're you're kind of in a rock and a hard place type situation where like if there is a genuine need like West Coast who literally are down to 26 healthy players last yeah. I heard like it's it's insane and you know an AFL club shouldn't get to that point but like you wonder if there's a way to you know have an emergency midseason draft type of thing for clubs that are genuinely can prove that they're strapped and can barely field a full side. Because there, and but at the same time, that really does raise questions about, like, you know, if West Coast cleaned house and hired entirely new physios, would things be would things be different? I mean, it's just like, I mean, I I get bad injury luck, but it's just yeah. absurd what's happened at West Coast the last few seasons with injuries. So the I other thing that I'm thinking of, the other thing is that um maybe I mean free agency is very much closed you know there's the you got the the supplemental period after after the draft and you know there's free agency of you know players who are at the end of their contracts during the the trade period maybe it's just that free agency needs to be opened up and those acquisitions need to be available during the season you know if you declare a player inactive well it's interesting yeah that's an interesting point and you know, and Alex, I know you've just come back to the uh, to following the game. You said you used to watch it a while back, and I and I don't know if you're aware of this or not. But as 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 tough a time the club you're supporting is having, winning a game right now, I should let you know they did win the Premiership in 2018, so they have had some success recently. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's been a you know, it's 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 been a kind of a precipitous fall, but uh, yeah. you know it's it's. Uh, you know, this has been a good club, you know, good club for a number of years. And it's just, I. It's sad when yeah. I've come a little bit, I know it's yeah, but hopefully they'll get better in time. Yeah. I mean, I, it's I, gotten I, stale, unfortunately. 
Um, and I, I just don't think the club's going to do anything to really change things yet because Trevor Nis- Nisbet's job is secure as CEO, and he's very much a friend and fan of Adam Simpson. I think Nisbet being – I think Nisbet's kind of the, the piece that is keeping everything the way it is. Yeah, I think you might be right about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. It's um, you know, they're 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 stubbornly clinging to uh, to what they've had, and I think um, you know, the results speak for themselves, unfortunately. But I I, I think um, you know, push is coming to shove to to some extent, or at least it will if they if they win the wooden spoon. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how like the bottom four shakes out because again, we've you know North, Hawthorne and North, like you know, they they've still got a long way to go as well. Yeah, so yeah. I well, think, I um, and if, if the Eagles stay down, I would be fully in favor of a um of the league putting together an investigation of the club to just actually figure out, you know, is it something with conditioning? Is it some other thing that, that we don't know about. I'd be in fan of some sort. I'd be in favor of uh, an external review. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm going to go ahead and exempt uh, Alex and Ben from this question. I'm going to ask Rick and Orville this question. I think I know Orville's answer already. But if we're if we're looking at you know prospective wooden spoon clubs in terms of the ones that are down there right now who are competing for it, who would you want to see actually taking home that hardware this year? Hawthorne. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your answer. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. What, what are you thinking on that one, Rick? Come on, Craig. We we all know you want it to be Hawthorne as well. And uh, no, and I, I, actually, <laughs> actually, I, I I I I'm I'm looking out for you right now. I'd like to see it be Richmond. Oh, I, I I don't know if Richmond is going to w- get the wooden spoon. No, I know, but uh, I know. I, I don't think they're going to. Be, uh, no, I think they could very much be bottom four with the way they're yeah. looking right now. But um, I, I, I'm actually going to go with Hawthorne as well because um, – and, and I don't think, you know, like if they do get the wooden spoon, I don't think, you know, Sam Mitchell is in any danger yet. No, yeah. I don't think so either. They, they, lo- they love him there. But I yeah. think um, – but yeah, like it, it definitely has been concerning seeing like that a lot of their younger players who were showing promise the last few years really mm-hmm. kind of stagnated. Like and and you know they've had injury issues themselves. You know, well, so I think um I really if I'm a Hawthorne fan, I really want to see more from you know guys like CJ Granger, Barris, you know, um, Newcomb. Bramble, guys, guys that you know uh, were were well regarded, you know, coming out of under eighteens or getting drafted, but right, right, just really haven't shown up much this year. Like their their backline has has been really poor. They haven't really had much to go with um, in the midfield, and Connor Nash has been a, lo- a lone bright spot, I reckon. But um, yeah, they just aren't another guy, uh, Kaczynski, You know that he needs to be. You know the Nick Larkin, the the guy who who can stand up, put his hand up on a bad team, and kick a bag of five or six. At, right, every, right. You know, I think Mitch Lewis is that guy. I, I'd like to think that he is, but I, I just, and he just he just came back. He kicked uh kicked one for this round. But you could tell how much yeah. more cohesive 
Hawthorne's attack was with him. I've got a more positive view of the Hawks. It's mostly that, you know, these players who have been in the system, they maybe it's that they, they aren't quite ready to be in those starring roles yet, but getting the game, in, game experience into them at this younger age, I think is going to do good things for them. Seamus Mitchell has been uh, another one of those bright spots these past couple weeks. He actually did a really good job shutting down Cody Waitman in the Hawks game this past week, and I was surprised to see that he ended up being subbed out despite all the good that he did. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I was looking, I was thinking Richmond, only Rick, because uh, UWS holds their first round pick. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like, and yeah, and all of a sudden that, that Hopper and Toronto trade looks pretty uh, foolish in retrospect. I mean, like they're, they're great players that they, they're, they're going to bounce back, you know, even if it takes them a while to do right. it. But just in terms of the immediate return on investment that they were looking for. Yeah. Well, that's, know, obviously that's, the belief, obviously the belief around Richmond is that they're still contenders and, you know, trade for some gun midfielders and they'll be good. And unfortunately it hasn't worked out that way. Right. Yeah. Cause I was wondering, are they, are they, are they, you know, is Richmond now looking at them as being the, you know, the two players to push them back into the finals this year or the, t- the first two pieces to their rebuild? You know, because mm. you know, that's it's because they're I think they're going to kind of be in rebuild mode right here because they're not getting any younger. I, I have so. a feeling that they're going to have to face the music and come up with a roadmap if they haven't already for like, you know, Jack Revolt, Dusty, Cochin. Mm-hmm. You need you need a plan for if one of them retires, if two of them retire, or if all three retire, because right. all of those are within the realm of possibility right now, I reckon. But at the same time, it's like they're, it, you know, Dima Hardwick, that's the last thing he wants to hear right now. And, and yeah. he, you know, he really wants everyone to still be bought in and have that sense of belief that they're still a flat contender, but I, I just don't see it. And I do, I do like, I, I, I liked his, his, uh, and I don't know if you happen to catch his press conference after the game this weekend with Gold Coast. And, and I have to admit, while I poked fun at Richmond in the preview episode, I did tip Richmond to win this game because I, I just wasn't sure how uh, Gold Coast was going to, uh, was going to do without Took Miller. Uh, but, you know, they, they did a, uh, did a, a decent, did a good enough job with him. But, uh, you know, Hardwick seemed to take a little bit of a different approach to playing at Marvel. You know, he, he and I wrote down, he said, you know, it's a ground, it's green, it has goalposts. That sounds a little bit different than, you know, the last couple of years. Oh, we hate coming here. We don't want to be here. We don't like this place. And like, it's not, you're making it sound like you had to crawl over broken glass to come play a game there. You know, I don't know. But, uh, you know, and it doesn't seem like when they actually do go play there, I think that our Richmond support is pouting by just not showing up because, because, you know, they're, you know, Gold Coast is not going to be bringing a large contingency to that game, which is probably why Eddie McGuire said what he said. But, uh, you know, there's a there's plenty of seats for the for Richmond supporters to 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 be at that game if they choose to do so and and, and I you know they tout about you know they talk about how much of a you know a powerhouse you know fan base they have but if you're not even going to show up to watch your own club play in their hometown 3100 meters away you know do, do you lose a little bit of that credibility I don't know I don't know what do you think, Orville? Am I completely off base there? No, Craig. 
uh, you know, I'd walk from my place to Geelong. That's a, that's about a thousand miles. I'd walk that <laughs> far to see a good, I'd I'd walk that far to see them play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I just I just looked up the uh, attendance figure there, Craig. Uh, Twenty three thousand six hundred sixty four at Marvel for yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe two thousand of those were Gold Coast supporters. Maybe I'm being generous there. Yeah, it was a little under the the target that the the Tigers had been looking for. I it was, I knew it was going to be an uphill climb for them to get good attendance against the Suns anyhow. But now right. that they're they came in one four and one. They're now one five and one. Um, a comment that I'll have a, about that game. I mean, Matt Rowell did have his more on ball role, and Tiger chi- childhood Tigers fan Noah Anderson had a very complete game. If you're looking at that supporting right, cast, Richmond fan, yeah, huh? yeah, and he's the one that sunk them last year after the siren too, which That's makes it even funnier. But True. um, if you're wanting to look at some of those role players for Gold Coast in the midfield as Miller is out. Braden Braden Fiorini is the the main one that I have really seen kind of getting to things in the corridor and then working from the defensive wing into the middle. Rory Atkins played his first game and was a pretty high possession getter and fantasy scorer this past Mm -hmm. round. You Mm -hmm. wonder why I picked him up. Yeah, (laughs) I I tried to pick him up also. Yeah, you got him? Yeah. Yeah, I got him and I... uh, I just started uh, I, have, I have Lockie Weller. Uh, he he did pretty well. I don't even want to talk about my fantasy team, but I, you know what? I did figure something out while I was sitting here, and I wanted to mention this. I I, I really think, and I, I'm convinced of this now that more I think about it, because you gentlemen were both there. Um, you know, Ben and and Rick, you were both there when we drafted our teams. I mm. I am convinced that the West Coast Eagles were using the same software that I ended up using on my computer to draft my team when they were putting their team together for this year. And that's why it's been, it's been falling apart so much. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's been, it's been bad. Yeah. So, well, gentlemen, it has been about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, You know, I'm going to be sitting down with Mick Aussie here in a couple of days to do the tips for round eight, but is there a, before we do that, is there a game? Each one of you have a game that you want to call for this week that you think is a an absolute lock that that's going to happen uh, this week. A loss for I'm hoping I'm guessing Hawthorne. <laughs> I'd like to see the Pies lose this week going to be well, going to be tough against uh, still banged up Sydney. Actually, honestly, I think Hawthorne are a decent chance out west against Rio, which I cannot believe I'm saying. <laughs> I'm well, not yeah. willing to call that game. I mean, it's a little bit gutsy for me to say this, but I think the Lions win on Friday night. I could see oh, yep. that. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Well, and that would be a big statement for them winning in Melbourne. That would be, Again, that would it's be not the G, but they got over the G curse last year. Right, in right. finals, no less. Right. What about you, Alex? What game are you thinking this week is going to be you that you're pretty confident how it's going to go? I think Collingwood, Collingwood will pull it out. 
and win that one. I think so. I think so too. I just think Sydney is just still a little too dinged up. Um, you know, they might have their ruck back this week because it sounds like he was back to full fitness. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably the case. And Rick, what about you, sir? Yeah, no, I, I, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like uh, the Swans' chance as much this this round either. But I was actually going to go with um, St. Kilda. I think they'll definitely get back on the horse this weekend against the Roos. That's going to be, um, you know, the late game on mm-hmm. Saturday. So um, yeah, it's. I think uh, St. Kilda's going to be really motivated, and uh, you know, they they dropped a, a few spots on the ladder, so they're uh, they're definitely going to want to be back on top. Yeah. And uh, hopefully get some of that percentage back against the uh, struggling ruse. And so. the, the, the also, two... also just terrible to see the Charlie Combat injury. You know, definitely yeah, yeah. wishing him the best. That was um, he, he does have a history of leg injuries. That's a really tough one for the ruse to see. So yeah, we'll see yeah. how they can how they can try to compete against uh, against oh. a really hot Saints side. And I'm looking at the two games that are going to be overlapping one another this week. It's uh, Melbourne at Gold Coast and Hawthorne at Fremantle. The two games are going to be played at the same time uh, this week. Maybe a little bit of a step up from, you know, Carlton West Coast and uh, North Melbourne and Melbourne uh, in terms of maybe them being a little bit more competitive of contests. So don't sleep on Dockers Hawks. I think that could be. a. Oh, no, I think it's going to be a very good game. I really do. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I just I don't think I don't think that one's going to be a, a snooze fest like the other two were last week. Yeah. yeah also, I, and I, also, I like your um, I I like your idea of of thinking Hawthorne might take that one, and I I may steal that tip from you for Thursday night. I'm I'm also interested to see how um, uh, you know, the Bombers definitely have still have some things to prove. You know, I, I don't right. see them. I don't see them knocking off Port Adelaide on the road, but stranger things have happened. I think that's uh, that that could be one that uh, could be really entertaining as well. Yeah, and and I and I I, I think you know that you've got a couple games that can compete for game of the round. You know, you know uh, Carlton and Brisbane certainly. Um, you can make an argument Port Adelaide and Essendon, and then you've got you know you've got the Crows going to to GMBHA this weekend as yeah. well. I mean, that, that's going to be a, that's going to be a heck of a match up there as well. I think. Just thinking yeah. about that, that tip I had on the, uh, of the lions. I mean, I think that's gutsy knowing what we, what we know now about injuries. I think it's going to require Katie Coleman to, to step up. And I don't know, for some reason, Sam Doherty can't catch, catch a break. This is going to be his 150th game. I could totally see the blues messing it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was on, uh, 360. I got about halfway through that uh, today's episode. Uh, I'm going to get into the rest of that here this evening while this is downloading on the computer. But Ben Castle, Rick Shabani, Alex Spitzer, it was an absolute pleasure to meet you, sir. I hope we talk again soon. And yeah. Orville, I know you're uh, you got something going on there. I did mute your mic there. I I want to thank you for coming on as well, man. I uh, I did. Uh, let's see, I did mute you there, so I. You can probably take yourself off of mute there because, um, but guys, I want to thank you for coming on. This is a great chat. Some big issues going on this week. So thank you. No worries, Craig. Thanks for having us. Good to you meet bet. the rest of you. You bet guys. Yeah, this yeah. was great. This was great guys. Thanks as always. Appreciate you, Craig. You bet, man. Nice you to bet. meet you all. Thanks you bet. All. And and again, Bye. if you, if you've not had a chance to, you know, 
to listen to the episodes that I did with Orville or even with with Rick as well, because Rick has had some great stories as well. I do hope you'll go back and check out the discussions I've had with Orville because uh, I, you know, I'm not sure he necessarily likes me saying this, but uh, when he can hear it, but I do consider him a hero. I really do. And I was uh, just doing my job, Craig. I know you were, but I that doesn't mean that other people can't think that about you. Okay. <laughs> so, and you, you I know. thought that, I thought that, I thought that, I thought the best part of that interview was telling you about when I met the bloke later on. No, well, later. I no, I I think it was, yeah, and that's and that is hopefully going to whet the appetite of people that they're going to have to go in and listen to it now because it's 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 a jaw dropping event that that that. <laughs> when that happens though. So I'm just going to tease that and hopefully you go back there and I will link to those in the show notes for this episode. So folks, this is a yank on the footy. I do hope you will uh, check out the website, yank on the I do hope that you will uh, also check out Americans watching the footy and uh, Ben, why don't you share your, uh, where we can find your, your show and uh, reach you guys online as well. Yeah. Thanks Craig. So I Benjamin Castle, host Americans Watching the Footy alongside my older brother, Ethan, who unfortunately couldn't join us today. I think he's covering a baseball game tonight. But um, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Follow us also on Twitter and YouTube at Americans Footy. We're going to be actually recording our round eight preview tonight. And I'm also going to just be uh, editing a, a quick short tonight as well about an interesting moment from this past week that had me thinking about something from 2021 as well. Oh, cool, cool. And it Rick, involves Charlie Dixon. Ah, this isn't the uh, the big sign in the uh, in the stands. You know that the, 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 we love big dicks. No, this is not that at all. Okay. No, this okay. is about something on the field. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, Cody Waitman might have something to say about that as well. <laughs> Was oh, for that. I had to work that in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care. Almost caught me with my pants down there. Well, guys, uh, well, Rick, before we wrap up, uh, have you got any, you know, you still, are you still doing any, any writing at all for on footy or that type of thing? I know you had been. Oh, um, it, it's been a while, unfortunately, but um, I, I do still have, um, uh, you know, several dozen articles on worldfootynews.com. So mm -hmm. if you want to look up my work there, that's, that's always it's always fun for me to go down memory lane. Uh, so, and, and I might, uh, I might uh, write a little bit more for them in the future. Who knows? Okay. Uh, shout, out, shout out to Troy Thompson. Of course, he does a great job with that site. He's also the moderator of world footy, the Facebook group, which is right. right. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're always happy to get more Americans involved and to uh, discover this awesome game. And, you know, thanks to everyone for joining and, uh, it's always great talking about footy. And uh, the LA Dragons going well this year? Yeah, uh, we had our Anzac Day game against San Diego, um, and we're getting into the, you know, uh, the first the first few rounds of the season soon. Um, and of course, uh, the big ones are going to be regionals uh, or Western regionals. The tournament up in Seattle mm -hmm. that's going to be in July, and then we have um, nationals. Of course, is going to be in Florida this year in mid-october so yep. yes yep. usfl action going on of course everyone loves getting around that stateside and uh yeah so onwards and upwards we go it's been all right okay well gentlemen i do want to thank you for uh for hopping on here this was a lot of fun and we'll likely do this again next week and i may 
once school is out, because those of you in Australia, I'm a school teacher, so I'm doing this at uh, at a time that actually works for me. I know it's not terribly convenient for a lot of people in Australia. I may start doing these more uh, in the mornings. Uh, my time once school is out for about a period of about 10 weeks, because, uh, I mean, I'll probably do these at like four o'clock in the morning. Um, so it's uh, in the evening then for those of you in Australia who may want to hop on. Then that's not to say that I don't like talking to these gentlemen. That's not that at all. But, uh, you know, we may mix it up a little bit, maybe do even more than one of these. And I do have a number of irons in the fire as far as interviews. I have I have an interview I've been working on setting up now for three years that I believe I am doing it next week. And it's it's one that I am. I can't tell you how excited I am to do it. I am. I've been I've been working on this discussion and trying to get this one set up for three years. And I'm about ninety nine and a half percent sure that it is a go. So I'm very excited about that one. That's and the I, one with Nathan Lovett Murray. Well, you're you're letting the cat out of the bag there. I wasn't going to say who it was, but yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I may end up having to. I may edit that out there when it comes time for that, though. But yes, it is. Yeah, just a long, just put a long bleep in. <laughs> I I might do that though, but yes, I I'm I may mute you then on that one then or take that out of there. But yes, I'll I'll. Uh, I'll mention that off air here real quickly before we uh, before we wrap I'd up. I'd love but, to know what I'd love I'd love to know what's happening with the NIRS. That's all. Yes, I, I will definitely get into that then. Well, gents, I want to thank you for uh, for coming on, and I do truly appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, thank Greg. Yep, you bet. Good. Thanks to a lot, Greg. See ya. You, you bet, guys. Uh huh.